When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, hitting that bell notification. Um, so you're made aware of any time we put new content on. We have videos going up daily. But sometimes, you know, you're lucky buggers if I'm in a good mood, particularly if West Ham just beating Chelsea. Uh, I might put in two or three videos a day. Um, so you want to make sure you don't miss any stories, any memories, um, any, any, any sort of experiences from fans and ex-players. Everything's brilliant, so make sure you hit that bell icon. You can see who we've, who we've got today. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty stoked. Um, he's been chatting about West Ham all day, so, you know, you can just carry on today. Uh, he played over, you know, he made like over 160 appearances for the club, you know, across, um, across a long time. You know, the, you know we'll, come, we'll go through that and talk about his career. But it's Anton Ferdinand. How you doing, man? How's things? Good, thank you. I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me. So it's a pleasure to be on your show. Oh, thank you. And it's an absolute pleasure to, to, have, to have you on. It's really, really nice. Um, I know everyone says it, but how's lockdown treating you? How is it treating you? Um, yeah, it's been hard. I'm not going to lie. It's been, hard. it's been mentally hard, obviously, yeah. when you're not used to, when you're out of your comfort zone, not doing the norm. Everyone likes the norm in life. You know, everyone likes routine and it ain't been that. Um, it's been hard, but I found it better when I've found a routine and, and kept to it, you know. Um, but just like everyone else, um, you get on with it and you do what you got to do. Yeah, you do. And I, and I follow you Insta, so you've been working out. So that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I said, I need to do something. Yeah, I know. It's, it's bad, isn't it? But, it? but, you know, football's back and, you know, we're all, all West Ham fans have got an extra skip in their step today after yesterday's yeah. game, which was, which was pretty awesome. Um, you know, obviously a sad thing because obviously that's one of those games that people will be talking about for a long time, but there was no fans there. That's apart from, I was there, but apart from that, it was, uh, you know, it must have been, must have been weird for the players because it was such an emotional game and there was no one there. Um, weird, weren't it? It's just weird, but yeah. it needs must. Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, like um, the London derby, especially at home, when, yeah. I, when I was Upton Park, when I played, it was Upton Park, you know, um, they're the games you didn't even need to worry about. You didn't even think about getting up for them games. It was automatic. It came to you. You know, it must be even harder. It must be hard now without no fans having to try and get up, get up for a game. Yeah. Um, you know, but let's say this is typical West Ham. You know, it was like this. When I, when I was playing in the team, it was like this. the games that you expect us not to win, we'll win them. Yeah. And then there'll be, especially in a relegation battle, in a game that, that we, we should win, we don't. You know, like in, in, in my day, in when I was playing, it was say in my day, like I'm old, but <laughs> in, my, in my team, it was, um, so we went away to Charlton where we should really win the game and we got beat 4-0. Yeah, but then we go to Man United last game of the season and beat them 1-0. Like, it's just, that's just West Ham. We do things the hard way. We do things the hard way. But hopefully, I'm hoping we just do the things that, we don't do it the hard way. We win the next couple of games and then we'll be all right by the time we get, we, yeah. get, we, don't, have to, we don't have to go to Man United again and win again away. That's what, that's what I'm worried about. But you're right, it's the West Ham way. So, I mean, you know, from you, Anton, you know, and actually, 
when I interview ex-players, I always say, why West Ham? But you were West Ham from the age of nine, weren't you, really, when you signed? Yeah. Why was West... I know it's a silly question, but why was West Ham your club? Why is it your club? Um, just everything about it. The family feel to it. You know, like, obviously, um, Rio was 14 when he signed. I was nine. Um, and a guy by the name of Dave Goodwin, who was a scout for West Ham over in the South East London area. Um, he was a, a di- our district manager and he took us both and I used to go to the Centre of Excellence. So when I was young, it was called the Centre of Excellence, not the Academy. Yeah. Um, but they had Centre of Excellence um, centres all over London. So they had one in South London, one in East London, one in West London, one in North London. And I went to the one in South London, which was in Beckenham. There was me, Kieran Richardson and Ben Watson. All three of us went to that one. Um, and then me and Kieran got fast-tracked to, to um, Chadwell Heath, we did. Um, and me and Kieran, when we were, when we were like 11, we were, when we were like 12, we were playing under 14s, me and Kieran. Because yeah. that's when you started playing, for, that's when you actually started to wear a shirt. was like when you was under 14s. Um, and me and him got fast-tracked there and we started playing games and stuff and it was just, I don't know, just like you hear people say it about, say about West Ham as, as a club, once you play for them, even when you come as a, as a grown-up, you come to the club, it does something to you and yeah. it grips you and it makes you, it, it just, just makes you fall in love with the club and I had that at the age of nine, yeah. you know, I, I grew up in, in, in South London West Ham wasn't my local team. No. Mill was my local team. Not that I've ever supported them. Yeah. You know, but everyone on, on my estate supported Liverpool. Yeah. You know, um, but I always loved Paul Lintz yeah. as, as a kid, you know, and I, so I knew he played for West Ham. Um, and uh, one of my mum's my close friends, uh, her name's Pat, she worked in my primary school. She supported West, she's always supported West Ham because of Clyde Best. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so she used to always used to talk about West Ham herself. We call her Auntie Pat now. But yeah, Pat, um, that, that's where it came. And then I started playing for them, Rio started playing for them. And the club just grips you. There's something about the club that just grips you. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously I went, I, Rio got into the first team and I started travelling everywhere, watching him play up and down the country. So I was sitting in the stand with the fans. Yeah. And when you sit in the stand with the fans, it gets there's an even bigger hold on you yeah. because there's something about sitting in the stand, especially away games with West Ham fans. It's unexplainable. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's and it, it's you're right. And it's it's weird. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, some people I speak to, some of the fans, I go right. So why West Ham? They go. Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just like <laughs> I'm just a West Ham fan. And you're right. It's it's part of that. And that's what comes through the whole thing of this sort of channel. It's like we've interviewed, I mean, you know, I mean, it's only been live for like six weeks. We've, we've almost done 100 interviews already. And all the fans and all the players, it's all about this, this spirit, this community, you know, this, it's, it's this club. And it's, I don't know if we're biased or not, but uh, it doesn't seem to have that sort of grip on other, other clubs. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I think it's probably is, but we're sort of in this bubble, this, this West Ham bubble. But I can totally see uh, this. I, you just got to look at it like this. Carlos Tevez played for West Ham. Yeah. He played for Manchester United. He won the Champions League with Manchester United, but he talks more about West Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
If he there's will. one club he'll come back to in England, it'd be West Ham. He said the Why? other day, weren't it? He said the exactly. other day. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not about us. It's not about us being biased. It's 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 a fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that... you know what I mean. Like, let's <laughs> yeah, have right. it right. He he will come to West Ham because of how the fans, how the club made him feel. Yeah, yeah. It gripped him. You speak to look. You in, when I played, how many players came from up north or from from different parts of the country? Yeah. A lot of them now you speak to, and they're West Ham fans. Yeah, it's true. And it wasn't before they came. No. No, you're right. You're, you're totally right. And someone like Carlos is a great example because, you know, he wasn't there for a particularly long time with us, but he just got, got it, didn't it? And, and you're right. And yeah. you, you see people like, you know, like James Collins, who still lives around the area and, you know, out, a bit older on Alvin Martin. You know, these guys are not from round here, so to speak, but it just got them. Uh, and you're right, people like, yeah. you know, the older guys, like Mark Ward Mar- and Machiavelli. Marlon Harewood the same. Marlon Harewood was yeah. a fully-fledged West Ham fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he wasn't when he first come. No. It's funny, isn't it? It's just, it's just that association with the fans and the players. And I think it just, it just grips you, doesn't it, as you said. And it, and it, 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 I don't think, I don't can't recall anyone leaving the club and having a bad word to say about the fans. Do you know what I mean? Mm-mm. Um No. And they never, they never forget the fans. So, yeah, it's like, uh, that's great. And obviously, you know, you went on to play, you know, over 100, 160 or I think it's 162 or something like that. I think I counted appearances, which was a hell of a lot, man. Um, and, and obviously, you know, since during that time, there was obviously some, some really good moments, you know, obviously playoff stuff. What was it like in a, being in a playoff game? I think you were probably my first person I've interviewed who was, who's been in a playoff final. Uh, so that whole period, what's it like in terms of stress for you? Um, I actually felt more. I felt more pressure in that game than I did the FA Cup final yeah. the following year. If I'm honest, yeah. um, I was disappointed the year before. Um, mm. Personally, I was disappointed, and as a fan, I was disappointed that we lost to Crystal Palace. Yeah, um, and I was disappointed I wasn't even on the bench for the for the game um, at the Millennium Stadium. I mean, like, I played left back for the last five games of that season. Mm. Done really well that, and scored a goal against Watford that got us into the playoffs. You did, yeah, yeah. Um, which, was my, which was my first goal for the for the, for the the club. And um, then as soon as the um, playoffs come, uh, Alan Pardew took me out of the team and I was a bit gutted about that. Yeah. And then when it came to the final, Rufus Brevitt just got fit and he hadn't played any games and he put Brev on the, on the bench and I wasn't in, I wasn't in the 18 and it, like, it really did hurt me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then you look at it now and it put me in good stead for the following year because all that hurt that I had oh, from yeah. the following year, not just from losing it and as a West Ham fan, but personally not playing and being left out, that hurt was still there. Yeah. And it was like, you know what, I'm going to change that, take that hurt and change it into a positive and, and I'm now playing, I'm going to make sure that I use this, this 90 minutes or 120 minutes, whatever it may be, mm. to... to change the negative into a positive and and as I said the um I felt more pressure in that game I think I think the pressure was because I knew I think that was the last year of our parachute payments it was yeah, yeah so yeah. I knew if we didn't win that game I knew we the club forget me forget the players yeah. I knew the club was going to be in a bit of bother mm. you know and that's the fan in me that I was like no, we have to win this game like do you know because if we don't yeah. Then people's jobs, people's livelihoods, are on the line. Yeah, yeah, fuck. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you then you think about the fans, and you think like, we need to go up back into Premiership. This is a Premier League club. We need to go back up in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
the biggest concern for me was like the the the, the people that you don't see, the Jimmy Friths of yeah, this Jimmy, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? These people, all of a sudden, if we don't go up and the parachute payments are cut, they might not have a job. The cleaners, the cooks, that they might not have a job. So, yeah. like, that's just me. That's just the way I, I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I felt. Um, so I felt more pressure in that game than I did the FA Cup final. But to go out there and represent my club, going from the stands to the pitch, yeah. and getting that win to go up into the Premier League. Yeah. Every boy dreams about playing the Premier League and, yeah. and for it to come true with your boyhood club, you know, words can't even explain it. I think my, my celebrations, I was the last one off the pitch that day. Yeah. I think I was out there for about 45 minutes and people <laughs> were trying to drag me in, but I didn't want to go anywhere, you know? And as I say, like, they're the moments that live with me and they will yeah. live me, with me forever. Yeah, no, I get that totally. I, yeah, I mean, I, do you know what? I'll be honest. I don't think you know. It's like it's really, it's really um, humbling you the way the way you talk about the pressure because you don't think of. I think I think it's an assumption, isn't it? Sometimes that people think it's a you know, football players, but actually, if it's your club as well, you think about you know the consequences of what could happen, and it's like. Yeah, you know, could you imagine like Jimmy not being around? You know what I mean? Exactly. And things like that. It's like, fuck yeah, I didn't think about yeah. Yeah, it. It's so true, yeah. You know what I mean, you got you got just to name a few. You got Jimmy Frith, you got Shirley, who was the cook. Yeah. Um, and Tim DF, who was the cook there as well. But Shirley yeah. had been there for years. Yeah. You know, um, she, I'm not sure if she was even on a contract. She might have been on a week to week. That's just the way they've done it with some of the people there. Yeah. And you got the kit, the, 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 um, one of the kit men. Um, Peter Williams, yeah, you know, he was he was a uh, deputy kit man. Would he have had a job the, the following nah. season and nah. things like that? So, and these are people that I've known since I was nine years old, yeah, even way. more so. Even yeah, like, you're right, yeah, so yeah. It's yeah. not even like it's, it's people that I've just known since I've come in the building as, mm. as a first team player. I've known these people, they've watched me grow up, so yeah. it's a bit my 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 um my relationship with these people is different, yes. No, I get that. You know, yeah. My relationship is different to a lot of people within the club because even likes of Tony Carr, that's why Tony Carr put him in his 11, what it meant to me yeah. was like, it's unexplainable. Yeah, no, he, I got that. Yeah. He watched me grow up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like they, these people have, paid, have played a pivotal role in not just me as a footballer, but me as a human being. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it, I look at things differently yeah. like that when it comes to West Ham. But I, I, what, one thing I will say is I have, taken my, the fundamentals that I learned from West Ham I've taken them actually everywhere that I've been yeah now I get that yeah, yeah you know so like if 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 we're doing something like I'll give you an example um Lucas Neil brought this into our club mm. in the year that we nearly got relegated like if if we are um if we're when we're winning if we every time we win a game we have to bring money in from our bonus from our win bonus and um at the end of the season or every other month, that money, that pot of money would get shared out between the people who worked at the training ground who weren't on bonuses. Wow. And I was like, well, how, why are we doing that? Like, not that I was against it, but what I always wanted to know why. And he said, listen, Anton, you've got kit men who ain't on bonuses. If, we, if we're like giving them a bonus, do you not think they're going to go an extra mile for us? If you yeah. not think that like if we um, give the... the um, the uh, ground staff, a bonus, do you not think the pitches are going to be perfect for us? Like, it's, it's little, them little, them little um, 
percentage, them little percentages right. are going to make a massive, massive difference. Yeah. And that type of stuff I took to Sunderland with me when I went to Sunderland. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like I remember uh, um, one of the cleaners at Sunderland, we had to beat, we needed to beat West Ham last game of the season to to finish in the top ten. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we, otherwise as, as a team, we didn't get no bonuses. We only yeah. got bonus we finished in the top ten, and we needed to beat West Ham Upton Park, and we did that. But that one, that win, paid for one of the cleaners to get her extension finished on her house yeah. because of the money that we we was generating for them putting it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And them things mean more to me than 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 anything else. But that was installed in me at West Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes from, perfect from the, sense. From the age of from the age of nine, not yeah. what Lucas Neil done to me, but that caring side. It, it, not that it wasn't me as a person anyway, but in terms of within football, it was installed in me from West Ham. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. No, it makes perfect sense, and you're right. And it, it's, but it's also, and so it's things like that 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 go on behind the scenes. And I think it's nice to have like you talking about that because. You know, some people had preconceptions of Lucas Neal from a fan's perspective, you know, in terms of he was on a big weight. But actually, you know, people only see one version. And actually, there's there's so many more layers to people and stuff like that. And that's why I like getting the, the, the ex-players on, because they give a different perspective. Even with the people they pick for their teams, um, you know, a classic example is uh, Peter Butler. So Peter Butler's a player what hasn't been in any fan's eleven, but... All the all the players I've interviewed. Players that, that, that played with him. Yeah, Butters yeah. Butters is a great guy, and he's you know he's got a great. I interviewed him recently. He's got a crazy life. He's living in Liberia. He lives in a house owned by George Weir. He's he's got a mental life. He's brilliant. He's so he's he he's um his interview was incredible because the amount of work he did when he was the Botswana manager and the and the Libyan manager Liberia manager. It's incredible the story. You know, we moan about yeah. things, and he's like going to like he's doing these performance camps in prisons and stuff like that. So yeah. It's mental. But every player, like who, who did we have on? We had uh, like Martin Allen. We had uh, we had Jonah. All put butts in. And again, because we saw different, they saw a different side of him. They knew what a great player he was when he obviously came yeah. from South End and stuff like that. And and it's it's true with everything else. Understanding more about you know what goes on behind the scenes because I don't think anyone really knows that type of thing. It's like you know I've never had the opportunity to ask someone like yourself, what's it like to play in a playoff final? Now clearly it's an extremely stressful time compared yeah. to, especially for a West Ham fan. And obviously that fed through to the rest of the team. Because obviously, if you've got that sort of anxiety as a fan, and and it's a bit like now with Mark Noble, and you know, and you know, sort of trying to impart some of that West Hamness into the rest of the team who might not necessarily be West Ham fans. Yeah. Um. And 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 I and I see that definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, the year before that, that Crystal Palace one was horrible. I mean, I I, I still do a little bit of DJing like for my family and friends. If anyone asks me to play Glad all over, I still don't play it. <laughs> it's still. I just have these visions of about 40,000 yellow shirts bobbing to glad all over. And it just, I still get nightmares of it, but yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. But that's the thing. And that, that's the great thing about this. Now, what we try and do is, is we try and do this, this hammers 11 and, you know, Anton. So basically the idea is we pick 11 people, 11 players and the fans will be obviously players that they've seen play live during that time. Uh, and players tends to be the people to play with. 
I think what's cool is if we you could do like a hybrid because you're a fan and you've been a player. So yeah. doing like a, a, a combo sounds quite cool. And we haven't had that before, so I'm really looking forward to that. We try and keep well, it to yeah. a four, we try and keep it to a four four two as well if we can. But if you want to go three at the back, if you want to play wing backs, you can do whatever you want, Anton. Okay. You've carte blanche, basically. No problem. <laughs> I'm gonna go I'll go four four two then. I'll go four four two. Thank you, because I'm not very good at video editing. This isn't my day job. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> Let's go in goal for this Anton 11. Who do we have between the sticks? Who we have? Ludek McCloskey. What a great, what a great bloke. What a great player as well. Yeah, I'll go Ludek. Yeah, nice. Okay. Who are we going to go uh, left back? Left back, Julian Dix. Yeah. Julian. I mean, I've played a, with some. I've played with some great left backs, but he. Like, I didn't play with Julian. I watched, I watched uh, Dixie. I watched him. Obviously, play when he played with Rio. Yeah. And he was. He was a joke. <laughs> I, like his, his ball into the front man was unbelievable. And like he, like I just like he wore his heart on his sleeve. I loved it. Yeah. Especially as a fan, you know. Yeah. I think that's why everyone. I mean, he's. There's no surprise. Despite doesn't matter who the. Who, how, how experienced, not old, how experienced the fan is. Um, literally, he's appeared in almost like, every, like I don't know, 70% of our interviews because yeah. he just had that West Hamness, which I think, you know, I think, you, you, you know, in, in the modern day, I don't think we have, obviously, we have one or two. We have obviously Mark and, and Deck, you know, they have some West Ham stuff about them. But after them, you know, it's like. Who do you have? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's the trouble with. I think that's why we don't relate to players as much more. I mean, yours yeah. was the last era, I think, that because you'd hang around for. I mean, you was around since you was nine years old, you know, with the club. Um, and now it's like if you get two years out of a player or a manager, you've done well with them. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. move so quickly now, but I don't think Definitely. you get that relationship with them. Right. Okay. We'll put we'll put June in. Uh, let's go. Let's go right back, Anton. Who we got right back, man? Right back. Um, I'll go Lucas Neal. Yeah. I'll go right back. Good captain. Off yeah. on the pitch and stuff as well. Yeah. Really good. Really good on the pitch. He was like, so when we stayed up. Um, well, before we went on the run to stay up, mm. um, when we beat Man United last game of the season, I remember him calling a meeting. And when he called the meeting, the team meeting in the in the um, in one of the rooms yeah. in the meeting rooms, uh, Curbs tried to walk in in on it, and Mervyn Day tried to walk in, and he went, "No, no, it's just players. Like, can you leave the player? But I want to talk to my players." And they left. And everyone was a bit like, right, what's going on here? And he was just like, listen, lads, we know what we need to do to get out of this situation, yeah. right? The gaffer's going to give us tactics. The gaffer's going to give us formations and all that stuff. But we know hard work is what's going to get us out of this. Yeah. And if you're not willing to work hard for this team and for this club, then there's the door. And I suggest you walk out of it. Or if you don't want to walk out in front of the lads now, you come and tell me and I'll tell the gaffer to tell you to pee off. And that's yeah. that. That like that was a start, and then we 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 went on a mad run. Went a mad run. Yeah, he did. Wow, God, I'd have put that. I'd be so scared because it's obviously that Australian like intenseness yeah. as well. Oh yeah. God! All right, I've got Lucas Newey. Let's go. Let's go centre halves. Are we having centre half then, Anton? 
Um, definitely, obviously, my brother. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, um, I read. I read somewhere about obviously because in and, and and I think we're right. In two thousand, was it January two thousand six? You won Premier League Player of the Month, didn't you? Was it yeah. two thousand six? Was that? And that's the yeah. only time that two brothers have won that that award. I think. That's yeah. amazing, and for you, obviously, that was what was that as an achievement winning Premier League? I mean, I don't think there's been many West Ham Premier League winners of the month. You know, what no. was it like to? Um, no, it was unbelievable. Obviously, a great achievement personally. Um, and when you look at it, I think there's only 13 centre backs who have won it in total Men's since the Premier League started. And it's a good, it's a good quiz, que- a good uh, quiz question, by the way, because not many people, no one will get me. No, no one will think about me to get off getting it. And there's a couple of others like Gareth Southgate. You won't think about him either. You won't yeah. think about um, there's other people like, but there's people that haven't won it who you think would have won it. Yeah. You know, so it's I think amazing. there's only 13 or 14 centre backs who have actually won it, and uh, yeah. to be in that in that list is is it's great. It's a great achievement. It's an honour. Oh, it's incredible. And how does that happen? Does like does your agent get a call from the Premier League, or does the club get a call and say you've won no, the it? Club, or... the, the club, the club, yeah, the club. Um, told me I'd won it and like at the time I think because I I got it I found out about it just before the, one of the games so mm. I weren't really um, I was just like okay I've won pair of the month like it weren't really anything Thinking. it's only when like afterwards like a few days after you know what I mean then you see in the papers like I'm holding the pair of the month and it's like wow this is unbelievable and when you research into it it becomes even bigger for you Yeah. but it was just like it was nice that you know, and like I said like listen Anything that I've done with West Ham, whether it will be um, a personal achievement or an achievement with the club, the fact that I was wearing the West Ham shirt at the time when I won it means it even more to me because, like mm-hmm. I said, I've gone from from the stand to the yeah. pitch, and I'm I know to win that that award, I must be giving the fans something that I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have wanted as a as a fan watching. Yeah, you know. So like anything like that, it's, it's just a massive thing for me. Yeah, no, I get it. And and it, and if it was if it was like I don't know, twelve years later, you'd get yourself a yeah a, a FIFA card, wouldn't you? And you'd because <laughs> that's all the Premier League players of the FIFA. Mental when you think about it. Thirteen players have won. You know, centre backs has won it. Absolutely crazy. Right. Okay. We'll put Rio in. Who's going to partner your brother then? Are you going to put so yourself in? Have, um. Nah, I can't put myself in the team. Of course you can. I can't. It would be a good team with me and Rio back. I tell you, <laughs> it'd be telepathic. Um, I think, like, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good. But there's two players that I've been milling over all day, and that's <laughs> Slavin Bilic, yeah, and Danny Gabidon. Oh, like, they're the they're the two that I'd, yeah, partner, yeah. I'd partner Rio with. Slavin was unbelievable for Rio yeah. when when he came into the team. Any West Ham fan who watched Rio come into the team would would know that Slavin helped him a great deal. Definitely. Um, was, along with Dixie and along with uh, Alvin Martin, mm. um, helped him a great, great deal. But then I look at Gabs and I played with Gabs and Gabs was probably one of the most underrated players I played with. Totally People don't realise how good he was. Mm. You know, he wasn't big, but he hardly lost a header. Yeah. He was good with the ball at his feet. He was quick. Um, so I think I'm just I'm gonna have to go with Gabs because yeah. for me, like I never had to worry about him. Nah. You know, I never had to I always knew he was gonna do what he had to do. I never had to worry about him. If someone tried to run him in a channel, I didn't have to worry about him. Yeah. He he was quick enough to deal with it himself. Yeah. Which allowed me to concentrate on my game more. 
you know. Okay. So I'll have to go with Gabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 when when you like when you have like when you bring like a forming a new like centre back partnership, do you have to do you like it's the same as a strike partner? I've asked asked TC the same thing. How do you sort of get that? partnership together do you have to hang out a lot and, and become mates or is it just like as it work man no we became mates yeah we did become mates um but it just happened in training yeah. and in games like the more we played together the more we um we just became a good good partnership yeah. i mean like i was quite vocal i was quite um, i was always very loud and very vocal on the pitch yeah. And in the dressing room where he was quiet, you know, he spoke on the pitch, but he wasn't like commanding vocally. But he said enough, but he he led by example with mm-hmm. what he done, yeah. you know, on the pitch. Um, we just had that perfect balance. Yeah. And as I say, he didn't have to worry about me so he could concentrate on his game and I didn't have to worry about him so I could concentrate on my game. But also if we did need each other, we was always there. Yeah. You know, yeah, so we had a really, really good balance. Yeah, yeah. Now, when I, I remember when you saw about the dressing room, I remember chatting to, um, I interviewed Luke Chadwick the other week, and uh, and Chadders was saying how, like, you know, it was it was quite fun. You had a good mix that 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 year, that that oh four oh five season. There was a good mix. Yeah. Mix. He was, obviously Chad was only there for like really one season, really. Um, he's funny. He, by the way, one of the funniest fellows in football. He was way. proper. He's such a nice Listen, guy, isn't he? He's lovely. He's he's. So shy, right? Yeah. Until you get a beer in him. When you get a beer in him, he's an absolute. He's a different animal. He's funny, funny. He's a good man. Honestly, we had a great time. He, we must have chatted for about. We had the interview, but must have chatted for half an hour before and half an hour afterwards. And he was so like laid back, and he he was so honest. He's like, look, I know I wasn't the best player. I I got dropped and this. I got injured, but. I love my time at West Ham, and it's like it was. It was a lovely, really nice interview. Lovely guy, really put you at rest. You know, some players, even in fans, you know, you, it's, you always like feel like you're, you're really trying with them. But he was like, Talk yeah. to whatever, Russ. I know, I know, I'm not good looking. I'm not on this. I, <laughs> <laughs> look, come on, Chad, come on. He's so funny. Right, right, we'll go. We'll go midfield. Let's go. Let's go. Um, let's go left midfield. Then, Anton, who have we got left midfield, man? Joe Cole. Joey Cole. Joe Cole. What a player. I spoke with him today on this on the show that I was doing earlier with Coley, uh, Inside Irons. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I was just saying, like, there's one... When I first started training with the first team, like, I remember one of my first training sessions, like, it might be my first training session, we done, like, a little pig in the middle, but they were, we were in groups. And mm. I was, I went in, went in Coley's group, in Joe Cole's group, and... He opened my eyes, man. Seriously, we're doing five v twos, and he opened my eyes. Like we was playing, I was, I was like, I was nervous in it, and I was like terrible. I kept giving the ball, away, so I had to keep going in the middle, and I lost count of how many times I went in the middle. But afterwards, we walk into another area of the pitch, of the training pitch, to do something else, and the pride he had that he never went in. Like he's going, Anton, did you see me? I never, not, not, in a, not in a boasty way, but he was just letting me know the levels, the standards that you need to be in, yeah, a, yeah. in the first team. Like, Anton, did you see, how many times did I go and I didn't go in once? I didn't go in once. And I was thinking, Joe Cole's chatting to me about this. Like, yeah. like is he, he, don't need, he don't need to say nothing to me, but he is. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, he's chatting, how many times did you go in, Anton? You've got to do better than that. I didn't go in once. You've got to get to that level. Like, and I was like, wow, Joe Cole is chatting to me 
like this. He's yeah. like, he's giving me a, like advice. This is unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he hit the nail on the head. It was just the way that we were brought up. When I became a first team regular, any youngster that was coming in, I made sure they were welcome. I made sure they mm. were focused. I was the first one to chat to them. You know what I mean? So like, it was just the way that it was brought up and it yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and same for Joe. He brought, I mean, Joe came in, you know, he came in with sort of, you know, the, the, the heart scenario and he must have had that from, from them as well. And so it's like, you know, I can see it how yeah. it happens now. You've got like, uh, it's been sort of a circle of life type thing. You had, obviously, Scott Parker's playing, but he had Nobes. And it was almost like he was the understudy to Parker. And now Deck is the understudy to Nobes. And, you know, hopefully Deck yeah. will continue to be the understudy to someone else in a few years' time. But, you know, yeah. it, it's definitely how, how it works. And, yeah, I mean, you know, it must have been, I mean, watching Joe every day on the training field must have been like, you know, incredible. Oh, it's frightening. It was, you just didn't want to be up against him. <laughs> no, I could take the way. Because you knew he could, he, could, he could do something outrageous and you'd be all over the shop. Yeah. No, you know, um, but I say like, he, he, he was fantastic to watch and to train with. Yeah, no, and he, a lovely guy, a lovely guy as well. Uh, right, we'll put Joey in. Uh, let's go, let's go the other side then. Let's go right midfield. Who do you have right midfield then, Anton? I was going to go with Trevor Sinclair, but Yossi Benayoun has to go in. Yossi yeah. Benayoun, telling you, we talk about flair players. He was a flair player, by the yeah. way. But he was a flair player that loved the 50-50 challenge. There's really? not many of them about. Nah. There's not many of them about. There never has been any of them. There's not been many of them about over the years. Like, I'm talking this fella, he could unlock a door, but he would track his runner all the way back to the other end, to, into the defending half, to the goal, to our goal line. Yeah, he yeah. was a joke. <laughs> he was a joke. And I mean, like, I'm not, in our dressing room, unless you had that graft in you, if you didn't have that graft in you, you got told to get, get out very, out, very yeah. quickly. Like, in, in our team, if you, didn't have a cert, if you didn't have certain fundamentals in our team, you wasn't work. You wasn't welcomed, mm. you know. Obviously, we couldn't say to the player like, "Well, pee off," yeah. but they wouldn't feel like they they wanted to be a part of it because unless you worked hard every day, unless you were, had the work West Ham work ethic in yeah. you, you can't play for this club. You yeah. can't play with us. That's how that's how our dressing room was. But he came in as a as a flair player who was unreal, but. We didn't have to say to him like you need to graph. He automatically done it. Just did it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't enough. Not, it wasn't. It wasn't like the you know. It was, it was quite a a svelte guy, wasn't he? It wasn't wasn't like particularly built. It was quite quite skinny. Nah, but was, he likes putting it was. about. <laughs> but he had a big heart. He had a big heart. That's the yeah. thing. He had a big heart, and he understood. I think the club that he was at in Israel, the passion that they had over there, I think mm. that was just installed in him. So yeah. that that. That um, served him well for when he came to West Ham. He understood the culture very quickly, mm. spoke good English straight away, but understood the culture very quickly and embraced it. Embraced yeah. the fans, knew what they wanted to what they wanted from, from him as a player was to work hard first and foremost, and that's what he'd done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. Yeah, no, good shout. Yeah, yeah, Yoshi, he is in. Uh let's go, let's go set in the midfield. Who's your first set in the midfield then, Anton man? Um, Hayden Mullins yes big Cash. Hayden Cash he was 
the most he was the most important player in our in our starting eleven. The most important player he was, yeah. hands down. If we we didn't have him, we wouldn't have been the same team that we we wouldn't have been the team that we was in terms of you knowing like the excitement. Yeah, like we went, we had no fear playing against teams, especially Upton Park. We never we were fearless, especially yeah. that first year in 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 the Premier League. Yeah. We were fearless at home, but mm. he allowed us to be like that because of the way that he played. It was people watching wouldn't understand it. They wouldn't see that side of it because as fans, naturally, we look for flair. We look for, for that type of stuff. We look for skills. Ole and all that, but he done things that weren't there, weren't good on the eye, but for a player yeah. who played with him, it was so, it was, the appreciation was massive. You know, it's a bit exactly. like Jordan Henderson now. Jordan Henderson, he's getting yeah. the plaudits now because he's won a league. Mm. But you ask any player who's played with him, they will say he's one of the best they played with because yeah. the stuff that he does goes unnoticed. Mm. Mm. Well, it's the same. It's the same as I say. It's the same thing with like the Pete Butler thing. You know, it's like he did all that graft, and and obviously. Yeah, famously, you know, there was that game you know, when we played Liverpool just before the FA Cup final when they both had yep. a fight and got sent off. And and I think we were more in the shit than Liverpool were because Garcia, you could just, he was a good player. Could replace him. But Mullins was integral. And if he hadn't got sent off, we would have won. I am yeah. so sure of that. Yeah. Because it was, because he, you're right, he was one of those players who, from the manager's perspective, would have been first on the team sheet. Not necessarily from the fans' perspective, but again, because it was all unnoticed. And again, same thing. Mullins has come up. The only time, I mean, Chad has put him in. Um, and yeah, I mean, Mullins never came in until Chad, I interviewed Chadders. Uh, and then obviously, then I'm starting to tweet that out. And people go, oh yeah, I forgot about Aidan Mullins. And then, you know, he started to appear in more and more. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, Mullins, yeah, yeah, he was a good player. Great player and a good guy as well. Um, mm-hmm. Right, okay. Who, who's Mullins going to partner in the midfield? Then, Anton. Oh. Oh. Who am I going to put him? Who are you going to put him? Actually, can I change it? Sorry to be like do, awkward. Do, do can want, I man. put? Can I put Joey Cole in midfield with him? Yeah, yeah, of course put you can. Put Yossi on the left. Yeah, and put Trevor Sinclair on the right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course you can. <laughs> of course you can. Yeah, we'll put six in. Yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> so yeah, Trevor, put Trevor on the right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, listen, Trevor Sinclair, man, he was like obviously watching him play and then training with him. I never got to play a match with him, but I trained with him. He was a joke, man. Like his fitness levels, his work ethic every day was like was different to everyone else's. He was a an absolute animal. I remember walking past the gym, and the gym was like the little gym back in the day in um, at Chad Relief. Um, what is now? Um, what is it? It might be the kit room now at yeah. Chad Relief. It's like a little room, and. He was on the treadmill and he was sprinting, but I'd walk past and he was sprinting on the treadmill. He must have been like, it must have been on about 17 kilometers per hour and he was going at it. And I went in the treatment to get a bit of ice and I come back and he was still on the same pace. And I was like, this guy's still running the same, he's sprinting at this pace. I, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, And I knew his fitness levels were unbelievable. But I remember the first time I was ever on, 
in the squad for West Ham was away at Tottenham at White Hart Lane. And my name was on the board and like, I, I, I didn't have a boot at the time. I was my own boot, but I cleaned my own boots. Yeah. Um, I didn't put my boot, I didn't give my boots to the kit man, Eddie. Um, I took them with me because I wasn't a first team player. So I, I took everything myself, my shin pads, my boots. And I remember we had pre-match meal before we went to White Hart Lane. We had pre-match meal at Upton Park. So I turned up at Upton Park and had my boots with me and my shin pads. And Trevor's just started laughing. And when we were laughing at him, he went, why did you bring your boots for? He went, you ain't going to need them. <laughs> like, I just say you're not going to be involved. Like, why have you bought them? And I was like, I was like, Trevor, don't watch me, man. I might need them. Potentially, I might need them, innit? I said, but I'm ready. I'm ready. And he just started giggling. And like, like, but he was, he was someone. So like, when I came into the first team, obviously, when I started training with the first team, a lot of the players I was training with, they played with Rio. And a lot, of, like, yeah, of course. You know, a lot of them have played with Rio and mm. watched Rio grow up and watched Rio leave for £18 million to Leeds. So mm. a lot of them judged me before I'd even stepped into the first team because they knew I was on my way there. Mm. But a lot of them probably judged me before I got there. But he's someone who always spoke to me and said, listen, you're your own man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what Rio done is Rio. It's your time now. You do what you mm. need to do. You know, the likes of him, Jermaine Defoe, that's what they, that they spoke to me, Joe Cole. They mm. always spoke to me and reassured me because I've got to remember a lot of these players, the, the Canio, like they, I trained with them. I didn't play much with them, but I trained with them. They all played with Rio. Yeah, so I had that added point. pressure of going in and training with them. I was like, these guys are comparing me before I even stepped on the pitch. They're comparing me with him. The first five minutes of training, they're going to compare me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it was hard, but like I said, Trevor, Helped me along in that process. Yeah, good chat. I'll put sinks in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice one. Okay, let's go up front then. Who are we going to have up front? This is going to be interesting, I think. Who are we, who's going to be your strikers? Who's your first striker, Anton? My first striker is Paolo Di Canio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't not have Paolo in there. No, man. Nutter. Absolute nutter. But As a, a West Ham fan, it's impossible. Yeah, no, you're right. As a yeah, West Ham yeah. fan, it's impossible. Absolute genius of a player. Absolute genius. Uh, I, remember, I remember training with him and like, you know the chop that he used to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's one of those, you know, because I've watched him for years, I knew his body language, I knew it was going to come. I knew he was going to do the chop, but he would chop and it's like, there's nothing I could do about it. Nah, Just the way he positioned his body, there's nothing I could have done, I couldn't do about it. I couldn't do nothing about it, you know? But let's say, fantastic player. Yeah. In all, when watching him, when training with him and watching him, yeah. I was in awe, always in awe of him. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. And and he always used to do that that fake back heel, which everyone used to fall for. And it's like it was the most. Oh, he's like almost like he almost telegraphed it. I'm going to do a fake back heel, and he still does yeah. it. And everyone goes, "What?" You know, he's he's an incredible player. And that's and you know, obviously as a fan. You know, I'd, you know, for me, I, obviously, someone like Payet was probably technically the best player I've seen. But Paolo was the best player because you've got the technicality and the passion, uh, the entertainment as well. He, I mean, you know, football is, you know, it's a sport, but for the fans, it's, they want to be entertained. Cool, and he would here's, a, here's, here's a thing that might take a few people with surprise. Payet wouldn't have got in my, in my West Ham team. Nah. In my actual, my, the team that I played in. No. I don't think he would have got into Martin. Should he be kicked out because he wasn't putting it about? 
Put it in. Probably, probably that. But even I don't think he gets in our team. We got Yossi Benayoun on the right and Matty Everett on the left. I don't think he gets in. Nah. It was a different. And they both and they, and they both graft. Yeah, I think it's the graft side, it definitely, weren't it? I mean, it's like yeah. yeah. I mean, he was. A, he Technic- was technically, you technically, can't. He's a no. joke. He's a yeah, joke. He but to get in, to get like I said, to get in the team that I played in, you had to have more than just technical ability. You had to have something about you in there. Which, yeah. when you lost the ball, you went and got it back. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. That wasn't quiet, was it? But, but as you said, Paolo, he was just all over the place. He was an absolute you know, joke of a player. He was fantastic. And again, you know, similar to Tevez, you know, just West Ham. You know, he's got a West Ham tattoo. I mean, he's branded himself at the club, you know. And uh, yeah. no, yeah, he's great, man. He's great. I love PDC. One day, one day I'll be on. Um, okay, and and who is Paolo going to partner in the up front? Uh, who's his last piece? This Anton Pie. It's Carlitos Tevez. Carlitos. Yeah, he's a good. I mean, again, you know, what was it like? What was it like that whole that whole sort of time? When he obviously him and Mascherano just turning up at Chadwick, it was surreal. I mean, yeah. obviously we knew of them. They were they were big Argentinian, of course, international players. Even though they were young, they were my age. Yeah, when they come, but they're already established. You know, especially Tevez was was established, and like I just remember, for me personally, it was I can't wait to show him I'm a good player. Like, I couldn't wait to get out to training. But then you, you, you get out to training and he was probably the worst trainer I've ever trained with. He's the only player that, that got away with not grafting in training in yeah. our squad. He's the only player that I've seen in the West Ham squads that I've been in who got away with not grafting because we knew on a Saturday he'd be the hardest working out mm-hmm. of everyone. But he's yeah. the only one that I know. But in terms of training, he was... he was If we were doing keep balls or we were doing like... um. If we were doing anything like a warm-up or a keep ball and that, he didn't, he didn't really want to know. He just tried to nutmeg you and yeah. stuff. But he came alive in the little 7v7s or shooting practice. He came alive. But anything else, he didn't want to know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it was like, it was just, it was just crazy to see someone that went from, at times in training, not really getting above a jog to then coming out on a Saturday and he's the best player. yeah. He was yeah. a joke, but even his personality that like we talk about, I've spoken about a lot on there about if to be in our dressing room, you have to be a certain way. Yeah. He couldn't speak any English, right, yeah. when he came. And he had, we had an interpreter, him and, him and Javier. But we went, we went out one night to a nightclub in, in West End Embassy. Tevez come with us and he <laughs> brought the interpreter with us, with him. <laughs> He come out, and I'm telling you, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like he was on the dance floor for about three hours, and I was I was saying to the boys, "This is why I don't train. This is why I don't train." Are they saving himself for the dance floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. But he was like dancing away, and you see people double taking him. Like, that's, that's Carlos Tevez. That's Tevez. Like, but he just didn't didn't care. But yeah. that that made the boys love him even more. Yeah, I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We knew he was. He knew how big he was. He knew he, he was... Because we were, like, Premier League famous. He was worldwide famous. Yeah, he yeah, came yeah. for Argentina. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. he didn't care. He was like, he was like, just like one of us. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing. And I, I, he was just... 
an unbelievable player. And I, I he's the best striker I've played, the best player I've played with. Really? Like, always available when you had the ball at your feet. He was always available. He was a joke, man. He was unbelievable. Yeah. No, he was an incredible player. And obviously, he, he, he famously brought in the... Cost diet, you know, that, that, that one did it. That, uh, someone used it yeah. in the 70s and then and he did it playing at, for Man United and then he just, just went like that again. I mean, absolutely better. No, he was a great player. And it must have been, I mean, it's probably the same as us. You know, we, you know you're on, I don't know, it was on BBC website at work and then your little ticker, West Ham aside, Carlos Tevez and Javier Mascarot. You went like, what? Yeah, it was, it was mad. It's, it's mad. The it, was, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was, and like, it was, yeah. I must say, though, if I wasn't doing a, a half-fan, half-player team, Mark Noble would have been in my team, by the yeah, way. of course. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That fella, man. Seriously, I've got nothing but goodness to say about him. Yeah, I know. I remember, watch, I remember him, his first training session with the first team, and I was training. I was in the first team, training with the first team. I wasn't playing, but I was training. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, I think he must have been at about 14 or 15 and he come and trained with, with, with us with the first team. And we was inside and we done an indoor game. I think it was 11, 11 indoors at Chad Belief. And he was playing with uh, Steve. We had Steve Lomas on our team and stuff, who was a senior player at the time. And I remember him saying to, to Lomi, give me, the, like, give me the ball. Like, give me the ball. Like, yeah. He was demanding the ball off senior pros. And like, yeah. I think, I'm not sure, I can't speak for Lomi, but I'm sure... Man, Lomi would be looking at him thinking, you cheeky so-and-so. Of course. You're yeah, 15 yeah. years old. So, but then he, he would give him the ball, but fire it into him, hoping <laughs> he'd probably give it away. So he could say, you ask for the ball and you're giving the bloody ball away. But Nobs never give the ball. Like, Nobs doesn't give the ball away. He always keeps it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, and, and I remember, I remember like, wow, like this boy's 14 years, 14, 15 years old and he is the man the ball for these fellas. And I use that in, in the work that I'm doing at the moment in terms of mentoring players. Yeah. Um, at my agency, Neuro Global Sports Management, I use that story a lot. When players are going into first team sessions, I use Mark Noble's story the way that he was when he came to first training session with us. I use that a lot because that's the only way you gain respect off of your yeah. senior pro, senior pros. Is not not to be rude. You can't be rude, but. You can back your ability and demand the ball for them, 100%. Mm. And I think they respected the fact that he was doing that even at 14, 15 years of age. Mm. No, definitely. But he's gone on, he's gone on, he's gone on to make, he's come up to 500 uh, um, appearances for the club. Yeah. He's club captain. He's like, listen, I've got nothing but but admiration for the the man. Yeah. I was about to say for the boy, I, I say boy because I've known him since he was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for, the, for the man, he, he's just like, so everything that, the, what West Ham epitomises is him. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm, I say I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm one of the, one of the 300 who can go into the, the game. And uh, so I sit right at the top, right at the top of the box, in the white box by the press. And, um, and Mark obviously wasn't in the squad yesterday. Um, and, and he sat just by the way, the disabled guys are just between the press box and the pitch and and he I think it was him and I think David Martin was was two meters away from him and when that third goal went in you saw and I could just see the back of him but I could just see how much that meant to him as a fan yeah. let alone a player he was I've ne- it was lit- if he could have punched a, wall, a hole in that wall he was it was you know he was going absolutely mental and it was like obviously no one saw it 
but I saw mm-hmm. it, and I and and again, I just went, you know, the man's a man's a legend, and uh, yeah. so he, no, no, knowing knowing him, first and foremost, he won't want the club to go down because he loves the club. Yeah, but secondary to that, he wouldn't want to be the captain of a West Ham team that got relegated. He wouldn't want that mm-hmm. as the as a West Ham man that he is. He wouldn't. Want, he doesn't want that on his CV that he was a West Ham captain that got relegated. No, you know, he and he don't deserve that. No. But what he's done for this football club over the years, he don't deserve it. No. Well, hopefully yesterday was is gonna start again. I yeah. mean, we're I mean, we have. I mean, you know, West Ham. We have. We have been lucky. You know, you look at you look at the teams around us. I think only since the restart, I think there's only one game which has gone against us, which was Brighton beating Arsenal every other one has you know been a draw or a loss for everyone around us so you know we've yeah. finally taken advantage of that and Newcastle hammering Bournemouth as well you know you look at the next six games the well, next next two um, fixtures for everyone um, we've got two very winnable games Touchwood yeah. you know um, and Villa ain't Villa got Liverpool and someone else and you know this, Bournemouth... but this is where this is where we got to show character yeah, definitely. We've got to show character now. Like this, 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 like it's that Chelsea game's easy because even though we we know we're not we're not favourites to win that game. Now we're playing. We beat Chelsea. We're going into a Burnley game. We're now favourites to win that game because we beat Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's different. And but we're favourites. But we have to win for yeah. us. We need three points. The club yeah. needs three points. Yeah. So there's a difference. There's a difference. And the I just mentality. hope that. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope that. The momentum with us after that win, everyone's lifted, everyone's um, energised. Because when you win a game, you don't feel tired. Nah. That's no, the hardest thing. When you're losing, you feel tired. You feel tired quicker. You feel your energy sapped. Yeah. Whereas when you're winning or you win games, you, you can run on empty, but still run through through a brick wall. Totally. I mean, that, that last... Se- I mean, the season... we the, the playoff season. Uh, I mean, the last 10 games, we lost one. We, you know, we came out of yeah. seventh... And, and, you know, momentum. And it's true. It's all about momentum now. The, the teams that are going to put two or three wins together on the bounce are the ones that are staying up. And, and, that's, and that's the case. And, uh, yeah, now uh, it, we'll, we'll see. As long as, as long as, you know, as long as Andy Carroll doesn't corner us and, and score against us when we play Newcastle. Which I don't think... Uh, God, I, yeah, no, I mean, AC is a lovely guy, but we'll see. Anton, man, it's been absolutely amazing talking to you. It's been really Thank nice. You. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. It's been a long day talking about West Ham all day. <laughs> Tessie with Scully. Fucking hell, I know Scully. Yeah, <laughs> can't speak about West Ham for hours. You know? Oh, good man. No, yeah, I know. But with Scully and Colton and Joe and all that, you know, sometimes. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And obviously, everyone everyone is watching will we'll appreciate everything you said because it's really, really, you know, everything you've come. Is, is really really heartfelt so so thank you so much Anton obviously thank you for everyone watching as well um, like share subscribe um, you know obviously all the channel all the support for the channel uh, really appreciate all the messages and stuff it's really going can't believe we're almost hitting a thousand subscribers in six weeks it's absolutely mental but thank you so much um, and for me and Anton take care everybody we'll see you all very very soon take care everyone bye bye Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>